0: great hello and welcome to cinema theology the place where two friends come and talk about the crossroads between movies and theology we want to dive into movies and uh come out on the other side seeing a better picture of god if that's possible i am josias flores and
1: my name is Adit cortez welcome to our i think second official episode first episode was interstellar and josias what are we talking about
0: today so today, continuing our sci-fi theme for the month of May, we are talking about another great sci-fi film that you need to check out if you have not a thinker for sure, and it is Arrival by Denis Villeneuve. Uh, I don't know And I actually that I think name.
1: it's pronounced Denis Villeneuve. There you go. Perfect. This is what three speak semesters of French did for me. Good for and you, I'm dude. i wish sure I, taken- I still butchered it.
0: I have like 3 sessions of Duolingo in French and that's it. So I can't right. say that yet. One day, I'll get there.
1: All right, great. Okay, yeah, I'm really excited to talk about this. If you I, if I could share just our experience with this movie, if you permit me?
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure, man, because I think when we first watched this movie, it became a lot better in our minds in the context of when we watched it.
1: Yeah, exactly, because this was uh this was a a time where you and I would hang out at my house and we would watch movies. So I remember you and actually uh, Jessica, one of our friends and actually my current girlfriend, came to my house and uh, we decided to watch science fiction movies and we started off with a movie that's not so good, uh, which is Passengers.
0: Yeah, and if you don't like, if you like passengers and you think we're hating, leave us a some kind of comment on our social media. But honestly, though, passengers was not a great movie. No, not at all. So we decided to cleanse our palate by
1: watching <laughs> okay. an actual good um, <laughs> science fiction movie, which was this movie, Arrival. And I think you and I pretty pretty much really liked it.
0: Yeah, you know, honestly though, before going on, I just want to say I appreciate you so much. And uh, I feel like he's kind of like a kinder spirit because when we watch, I-, I watched Passengers before he did, before we watched it together there, and uh, I watched it with Jessica somehow. I don't remember the context. You watched but it a cer- at a
1: friend's house, but the night before.
0: That's right. Okay, and so like what ended up happening was that at a certain point in that movie, I made a specific comment. I don't remember what the comment was, and like Jessica was there and she heard me. And then the next night, when I watched the movie with you, Dito, um, mm-hmm. it was crazy. The exact same moment in the movie, you made the exact same comment, and we hadn't even talked. We hadn't even communicated about it at all. And Jessica and I just kind of look at each other and like, what? Did that just happen? Like, what is going yeah. on? Like, um, some weird deja vu. But it was, it was interesting. So, Yeah, just
1: to show how in tune you and I are, at least when it comes to making jokes about movies or like and picking on movies
0: they're not always great so if you're listening to this well we're kind of sorry but we're not really sorry (laughs) everybody's
1: entitled to their own opinion
0: that's right and we're gonna be proud of ours anyway so one of the things i really like about arrival before we dive into it more deeply and seriously and i was so happy every time i watch this movie i get so hyped because the aliens there are aliens in this movie one of them one of the alien couples lands in venezuela like it's so exciting because anytime venezuela's in any movie i'm just hyped man like up just to clarify josias
1: Uh, is from venezuela
0: that's right i am from venezuela so i'm a little bit biased and i was like hey they're in venezuela like that never happens so i was super excited and that made me like this movie like five times more just because of that fact, actually, I think <laughs> I think one of the aliens was actually in Mexico too. I'm not completely sure. I don't remember, but I know for sure. I know for sure they were in Venezuela, and Maracay and I was like, yes, yes, those are my people. I like these aliens.
1: So, Josias, yes, do you want to uh, just give us a quick synopsis of the movie for those of us in in the in our audience who haven't seen it?
0: Fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'll do it. So, Arrival is a movie that starts out. Uh, Kind of with this main character, Louise Banks. She's a doc, she has a doctorate in linguistics. She's a, lingu- a linguist and she's a teacher, like a professor at university. And she start- it starts out, she's going through a normal day, having some flashbacks, it seems like. And uh, all of a sudden, the world is rocked by the news that there are aliens that are landing in these weird, uh, Shape pods in different parts of the world, but they're not attacking They're just kind of there and there's kind of mass hysteria and trying to figure out what is going on uh, Luis is then contacted by uh, the military to help out and decode the language that these aliens are trying to communicate and so the movie is kind of really spent as Luis tries to accept the challenge and tries to decode the alien language Uh, And then some conflict occurs, as any good movie has. And, uh, yeah, that's kind of like the premise of the movie without giving it away. Okay, yeah. And
1: she's not the only main character, right? There's also uh, Jeremy Renner, whose, I think his name is Ian Donnelly. And he's a theoretical physicist. Which, in my opinion, is pretty useless in this movie, but... (laughs) I
0: mean <laughs> well to be fair they focus a lot on the language portion uh-huh. but I mean if you honestly if you have aliens from space that operate on a different gravity which we can see that in this movie that they do and also operate with different uh atmospheres and random stuff like you want a theoretical physicist or someone who has some kind of knowledge of that kind of stuff on your side I'm just saying
1: yeah, sure. And the whole thing throughout this movie is also like nobody knows what these aliens are here to do because the public think there's, thinks they're there to uh, take over and kill everybody and basically they're, in like on a, they're like on a time limit because there's also other countries dealing with these aliens and they may need, might not be so friendly with them so mm-hmm. it's all about trying to keep peace uh, while figuring out why these people are here, these aliens are here.
0: That's very true. And actually, since, as I said before, these aliens land in different parts of the world. And so everybody's concerned that if one country attacks the aliens, the aliens are going to attack the whole world or destroy exactly. it. And so it's a very mm-hmm. tense situation there. It's very interesting dynamics. Um, oh, yeah. So, Dido, I don't know if. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. All right. <laughs> okay, we're so polite. No, you go ahead. You go ahead. Anyway. Um, So, one of the things that I noticed in this movie is the fact that there are screens everywhere. Did you notice that? Like, all throughout the movie, like, there are screens presented in the movie. Like, there's, like, a bunch of news uh, that are presented in news reporters or whatever. TV screens where news are going. A lot of people on their phones watching YouTube videos. Uh, Screens are everywhere in this movie. And it just ties into this theme and idea of communication and language. And it's powerful. But Oh, no. Did you notice that?
1: Yes, especially like the place where they talk to the aliens. They're they're uh, they're kind of like fogged behind a barrier, and they write on let's say a screen. They yeah. write their language
0: on the screen. That's so cool. Yeah, it kind of looks like an interrogation room, to be honest. <laughs> uh, but it is a screen, nonetheless, for sure. Yeah, definitely. So, um, what is the
1: significance of the theme of uh, communication in in uh, Arrival?
0: Okay so in arrival and actually I was reading an article in Smithsonian magazine about this they talk about the really what is the place of language in civilization and so there's like actually an interchange between Louise and Ian in which they talk about how she says language is the cornerstone of civilization and he's like no you're wrong science is the cornerstone of civilization and so and throughout the movie they kind of like pit these ideas together and they make reference to the sapper whorf hypothesis which is super fascinating and I love this hypothesis although a lot of people try to disprove it and, and don't think it's accurate. But the separate word hypothesis, it's a theory that states that language doesn't just give people a way to express their thoughts, it influences or even determines those thoughts. And I'm quoting the that article from the Smithsonian Magazine. And so it's very interesting because throughout the movie, as Louise is interacting with the language and trying to figure it out, this circular language, her experience begins to change. She starts having these like random flashbacks and in like weird dreams she thinks and it starts changing who she is and eventually at the end of the movie it completely changes the way she views time and so it, it throughout the movie this idea of language is powerful because it's trying to th- the movie like really heavily kind of plays on the Sapper Whorf hypothesis where just interacting with the language getting to know the language can transform the way you view reality altogether. and uh a lot of linguists disagree with it some people agree with it and there's some arguments for and against but it's interesting and i think there are a lot of parallels to the christian uh experience because you know there's this idea in christianity and i think it's it's powerful is the more time you spend in the Word of God and, and getting to know Jesus Christ, who the Bible points to, the more you're going to be transformed and changed, the process of sanctification as we know it. And so, I just thought that was very powerful and it's definitely one of the themes that I see in this movie.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, another thing I find interesting about the that of communication, that the method of communication is also very important. Uh, because mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. mention in a certain part of the movie, the Americans are talking to the aliens through like words. They're like writing on a screen and the aliens write back and that's how they kind mm-hmm. of learn each other's language language but they mentioned that I think it's China or the Russians um, they're talking to the aliens through some type of board game mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they mentioned the the um, the significance of that because if you're communicating with someone with actions that are meant to be taken antagonistically in the sense that if you were playing chess with someone each action goes against your own it's in the in the interest of bringing you down and then that changes kind of like the dynamic of communication between the humans and the aliens which is something i also find really um interesting that not only that language not only changes you, but also your language or your method of communication defines your relationship as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, the way you communicate. um, It's important. Now, I think this is important because, again, the communicator plays a big impact, and we see this in the movie. It's not just language, but Mm -hmm. how you communicate shapes the way that you are. Um, Who we listen to, matters just as much as what we're listening to and i thought that was powerful and the movie talks about this in a a certain way because for example you remember there's a point in the movie where one of the soldiers in this base where they're interacting with the aliens sets up a bomb inside of the spacecraft Mm -hmm. to blow up the aliens right because he believes that they are going to uh attack them first and so he is kind of like a preventive measure. But when you when you look at the movie, what leads him to do that is he's been looking at YouTube videos of some commentator yes. talking about how dangerous they are, and so he's been giving information maybe the same as everyone else, but who is giving him that information, who he's listening to, is affecting his response. Oh yes. And so it's so it's very important, not just what you're hearing, but who you're hearing it from and the way they interpret reality and they communicate reality because it changes your your reactions to things and, and your engagement with, with reality. And I thought that was powerful. Um so,
1: yeah, there's a big theme of communication, and I, you
0: may make the argument
1: that's the main theme, which is, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's rare to see a movie about alien invasions, which is not only about, you know, shooting them, or then taking over the world, or <laughs> blowing up the White some House. kind of war. But this is a, an alien invasion film that's all about language, which is really fascinating.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you have Star Wars, like, it has war in its name it's all about mm-hmm. antagonism already uh star war trek it's, it's more exploration yeah war of the worlds um independence day all these type of movies are just like aliens are coming to attack attack us <laughs> the movie alien right it's just like these weird aliens are just coming to take over the earth um even a lot of the marvel movies right it's the whole idea that the universe out there is against Earth. And so we need to protect ourselves. Yeah. A lot of superhero movies are like that.
1: The, actually, this movie kind of reminds me of... Uh, it's a really old movie. It's called The The Day That the Earth Stood Still. Ever seen it? Ever heard of it?
0: Dude, I've heard of that, but I don't remember seeing it's it. About, to be honest. It's about It's
1: basically I haven't seen it completely either, but it's about an alien who comes down to Earth and tells basically humanity, "You guys are going way too violent, way too powerful, and if you don't if you guys don't achieve peace, like we're going to have to come in and intervene." But in this movie, it's not that exactly. It's more like we want you guys to accomplish peace so we can all benefit from it.
0: Well, yeah, and also the aliens were saying that they want humanity to come and save them later, right? So that's, that's part years of years later, yeah. Yeah, because they, they can see... That's the thing about aliens we haven't mentioned. These aliens do not experience time in a linear way the way that humans do, right? It's not like yesterday, today, and tomorrow. It's more like I can access all those points in time in the present moment if I want to. Mm-hmm. And so I can see both the future and the past and the present at the same time and they all kind of speak to one another exactly which
1: is kind of reminiscent of the movie we did last time interstellar
0: (laughs) interstellar in the
1: tesseract where he has access to like basically just the room his daughter's room but i did from different points in time which is yeah which is interesting but uh we already talked about that in interstellar another thing i thought i found really interesting in arrival was there's a little bit of numerical symbolism in the film.
0: Okay, let's talk about it.
1: Because when we agreed that we were going to do a rival for this podcast, I had to go revisit it because, what, from what I remember, there wasn't a lot of material to work with. So I went back and I found... the One of the first things that I found really interesting, the aliens appeared in 12 different locations. So there's 12 different parties. And also that these aliens have seven legs seven they're called they're called heptic, heptopods which is mm. seven legs mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. so you know we we studied theology and we know that those two uh numbers have special significance in the bible yeah yeah 12 the 12 t- tribes Greek. of israel mm-hmm. the 12 disciples which was it's something we'll get into a little bit more later but also seven legs seven days of the week that god created oh uh, it's a number of perfection. Um, what Even when God tells um, uh, Naaman to go cleanse himself in the river, he has to go down seven times. Um, there's many mm-hmm. instances, instances of the number seven in the Bible as well. So... I found it really interesting and when we when I said there's 12 parties of aliens that come down to earth I found that really interesting because they appear as you said they appear in the United States in Venezuela in Russia yes. in Japan, I think in, in China. <laughs> China there's another one in Africa one over the Indian Ocean and they're like mm-hmm. they're just like spread around everywhere and that mm-hmm. really reminded me of the, this verse in Acts 1, just before Jesus ascends into heaven, before his disciples, and he tells them the, the following, uh, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth.
0: Dude, I hadn't even thought of that. That's crazy.
1: So, it, 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 like I was like... I thought this what if they're trying to portray these aliens as kind of like the disciples bringing the gospel to all to every corner of the earth. Mm-hmm. And this gospel is not a gospel of terror or conquest or destruction, but rather it is a gospel of peace and love.
0: Yeah, and it transforms the the user's life and that's exactly. just what this language does. Like uh-huh. it it completely changes the uh the engagement with reality of the user and that's that's powerful that's exactly what the gospel seeks to do to, to change human life upside down and bring it to what it was supposed to be to like unlock the potential of humanity um rather than just another list of to-dos or, or you know what i'm saying or mm-hmm. another language so to speak this language is unlike any other language exactly and uh you said that the language changes the
1: user in a very interesting way and i connected that to this verse in second peter um second peter uh chapter 1 verse 3 and 4 which says that his divine power has given us everything that we need for godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness through these he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in divine nature. Having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. And we see this in the movie because as soon as uh, Louise starts learning the language of the aliens, she starts having these visions, which mm. you think the the audience, the first time viewer, thinks are flashbacks to this daughter that she lost before. Mm-hmm. But you soon realize that she doesn't know who this girl is. Yeah. And that's in, you know, and she starts, they become more intense and more frequent as the movie goes on. And at the end, the alien re- reveals to her that you're seeing the future just like we do. So by Wild. getting to know the language of these aliens, she is part, she is getting the chance to partake in the privileges, privileges of their languages, which is access to time. Which is just like it says here in Second mm. Peter that through these promises, through the knowledge of God, we become more like Him, and we are given access to the divine, uh, divine nature, mm. and so to speak, we are given powers through the Holy Spirit, and we could probably say that the Holy Spirit in this movie might be represented by the language that the aliens come to give the humans
0: bro uh, let me drop this bomb on you and i love what you're saying right now and it's making me think of this which i thought about when i was watching the movie too and here it is louise is a prophet like louise is a prophet in this movie because a prophet what does a prophet basically do is someone who communicates uh with god face to face in in biblical terms right with Mm -hmm. the higher being they see the future right and their job is to then explain or or advocate for god to everyone else to warn others um, of of the dangers of the future or just let them know about the promises or whatever the higher being is telling them. And so Louise in this movie um, is a prophet because she communicates face to face. She's the one who's understanding and she's the one who's going to the rest of the world. And she has the task of explaining what she learned and, and passing on these messages. And prophets lived out the truth in their own lives and experience like for example uh isaiah went around what was it three years uh naked preaching the gospel ezekiel lost his wife hosea had to marry a prostitute like all these things were tied into the message that god was trying to send to them um uh, jeremiah had to go down to the potter's house to see what god wanted to do with israel like they lived it out and louise she lives it out in her own experience you know with her daughter and everything else. Um, and so, dude, she's she's like a prophet.
1: Oh no, I was good. Just Louise, gonna get to the
0: heptapod prophet. Sorry if I. <laughs> just, no, just
1: no yeah, that, man. I, no, no. I, I agree with you completely. I was gonna just gonna mention uh, Joel two twenty eight, where it said, where mm-hmm. uh, the prophet says, the prophet says, uh, interestingly, <laughs> and afterward it says, I will pour out my spirit. This is God talking. Uh, mm-hmm. I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams, and their young men will see visions. So I I also thought about the gift that Louise has as her becoming a prophet. She even sees the future. She warns people. She talks to world leaders. You know, all this stuff that a prophet would have the responsibility to do in uh, biblical times.
0: And she has, you know, people that listen to her, people that don't, like everything. Oh, I thought it was super fascinating too. This may tie in or not, but I just want to talk about it. How even though she knew the future... That she was going to have a daughter who was eventually going to have a terminal illness and die. Mm -hmm. And um, she knew all that was going to happen. She still decided to go through and marry uh, Jeremy Renner's character, Ian. Even though she knew all that was going to happen and that she was going to have that much pain in her life, both of them will. That he was going to leave her. And it cost her her marriage. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, it cost her her marriage because once he found out that she knew all that before, it's like it was too much for him to handle, you know? Um... Which I found fascinating and that, that to me that like spoke to like Hosea, you know, like because God told God told Hosea, Mary, you know, prostitute. Yeah, she's going to leave you, but get her back. Like it's this kind of idea and it's just it's powerful to think about, man. Like if you knew the future and you knew that you were going to go through a lot of pain and suffering, would you still want to go through it? Would it be worth yeah. it? Yeah, but
1: th- this movie in that sense is also kind of like an, av- an advocate for determinism.
0: <laughs> oh, true. Good point.
1: Yeah. The term is in the, ten- in the sense that, you know, um, God knows everything that will happen from here to eternity and nothing that we can do can ever change right. that.
0: Your your future is fixed and you can't do anything about it, basically. Um, I think that's where I think maybe the Old Testament prophets, for example, differ because there's such a thing as conditional uh, prophecy, which is mm-hmm. depending on what you do, this is the future that you're going to have. But if you don't do that, you're going to have a different future. Um
1: Exactly, we see that in in the story of Jonah with Nineveh.
0: That's right. That's right. So I guess that is the difference in this movie and and with the biblical prophets, which is exciting because you know go free will, <laughs> like that's a good thing. So. Oh yeah,
1: that's good. Um. So yeah, that's 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 fascinating. As we say, like this is a science fiction movie that causes one to think. I think that's what all science fiction movies do. Mm-hmm. Good science fiction movies do.
0: Agreed. But, yeah. Another thing that I want to talk about is. This idea that a higher being comes and starts revealing it. Well, in this case, they reveal themselves to humanity, but it's it's a parallel to what God does. Right. So like God uh, starts revealing himself to humanity. Um, let's, for example, let's let's start with with the with the uh, Hebrews slaves in Egypt. Right. Um, he starts revealing himself to them through written language, and through a prophet, little by little, and they don't really have a good sense, but it builds, right? Like more prophets come by, and the knowledge of God builds, and eventually leads to Jesus Christ, the full revelation of God, right? Um, and, and in the movie, we kind of see this journey as well. You know, if, when Louise first goes in and talks to the alien, she listens to the sounds, and she gets nothing out of it. Then the second time she goes in, she writes to them. She writes human but it doesn't really go anywhere. Then she writes her name and then it just starts going somewhere. And the more she interacts with them, the more she understands about their language and about who they are. And it's kind of like what it is with our engagement with God. When we first encounter God, we only get a certain revelation in history. God revealed himself gradually up until the point of Jesus coming and being the full revelation. And uh, it makes me think of 1 Corinthians 13 verse 12. Where it says, for we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know fully, just as I also have been fully known. Here Paul is talking about the fact that he doesn't completely understand who God is. He doesn't see the full revelation of God. But he knows that one day he's not going to have that screen in front of him. uh, In the same way that Louise, at one moment, knew that she could go and be in the presence of these beings and saw them as they really were, not just mm-hmm. their little hands, so to speak. Um, and so I just thought that was a powerful idea, and I th- and I thought that was applicable in the Christian life. You know, it's a journey. It's a journey. And it's day one, you don't know everything about God. It's a relationship like any other relationship. When you get to know someone, you don't know everything about them. But as more time goes on, you get more more uh, of a clearer picture of who they are, and eventually, um, you get to know them. In a different level and you're changed because of that relationship and i think that's mm-hmm. powerful and i think that's that's what christian life should be all about
1: yeah that's definitely a, a really interesting when you think about it because she she as it says in that verse she gains full knowledge she understands mm-hmm. when she comes face to face with the alien mm-hmm. something yeah. else i want to talk about the martyrdom of the aliens in the process of bringing the gospel to humanity
0: oh interesting i didn't think about that angle what do you mean you think so you think um abbot or costello whichever one it was was bound to die i mean was it was it the bomb that killed him or put him in that process or was it just like being in earth's, in earth's atmosphere like what do you think caused that one alien to go through the death cycle or process
1: oh no it was definitely the bomb okay. but it, what i think of it is like uh i always said i connected the aliens to missions the great commission the disciples uh, the apostles yeah go, yeah. go and preach the, preach the gospel to jerusalem to samaria and to the ends of the earth mm-hmm. uh but you, we know that in that process there were so many people who died because mm-hmm. they were sharing the gospel
0: yeah. uh
1: stephen uh, uh james the brother of john every apostle except for john had to go through Goodness. martyrdom for, in order to share the gospel and that i think that's represented in a way here and this is, solidifies my view of the aliens as missionaries mm-hmm. so my question to you is do you think that the creators do you think denisee and whoever wrote let me see who wrote this movie um, Dude, i was gonna ask Eric- me the exact same thing <laughs> Uh, Eric Heiser, Heiser. I don't know what that is. How sounds to pronounce mean, that? So, like German. my sounds apologies German. to Eric. My
0: apologies to Eric if he's listening. <laughs> Eric, we're so sorry. Yes, put <laughs> your name. We know my you question. listen to our podcast all the time.
1: My question, Jose. So we we talked about um Interstellar a couple weeks ago and all the themes and biblical themes and biblical parallels in there. We're talking about Arrival right now. Do you think the director, the screenplayers, the producers had any of this in mind when they were writing or making this movie this movie bro
0: i think at some level they had to have some contact with the christian ideas like first of all they live in the west and so that that already influences you but i I don't know i'm looking at at denis villeneuve whatever you say it i'm looking at his wikipedia page (laughs) i'm trying to like sense if he's like christian or something or what but i think honestly i think there had to be some kind of level of of connection with like the 12 or like the 7 at least there that's just a very biblical number i i think the same thing
1: i don't think everything we're touching upon they thought of as a biblical parallel but agreed they they must have some ty- they must have been in the back of their mind or something when they were writing it
0: yes yeah, somewhere along the way um... Man, it doesn't say anything about this. So who knows? If anyone knows if Denis Villeneuve is a Christian or not, or whatever religion he (laughs) is, let us know. Uh, We'd love to find out and uh, see if our theory is correct. But I don't know, man. It's just a lot of things. Are we reading into it too much? I don't think so. I feel like a lot of it is... You know, I think part of of the
1: reason why we're here is... To just... To gain a new perspective on... Mm -hmm. On movies. And I don't think any of this is... All of this is intentional. And maybe we do speculate a little bit too much. That's fair. But it's a good... It's a good exercise for, like... I think it's for, like, a lot of people to do. If they want to, like... I don't know. It's like... As we were saying, like, look at everything through a biblical lens. You know, what's...
0: And the thing is, even if... For example, even if they didn't mean all these parallels... And I don't think they did, honestly. It's still... To be able to engage with reality and, and compare it to the Bible, I think it's powerful, right? So, like, even if they didn't mean the whole prophet thing, which I'm pretty sure... Well, I'm, I don't know. I feel like they didn't. And even if they didn't mean the whole... I definitely probably... The process of sanctification and can, in contact with a higher being that it changes you. At the same time, why not connect it with, with biblical ideas? You know, Paul does this, actually, in the New Testament. Yeah, he, I was going um, to say that, yeah. He uses... Artists from the time, Greek artists that were well known, and he quotes them in his books and and applies it in the Areopagus. He uses this like he, he quotes this guy who I was listening to a preacher. Just what is it like? I think it was Ty Gibson, and he was talking about how this dude he quotes. I forget his name, some Greek name, was basically an ancient rock star because he was tattooed up. He was he went around and he sang songs to people. That contain these like philosophical ideas, and he quotes this dude when he's out there uh, talking to the people in Athens. And so, I think it's not definitely the the rock star dude from ancient Greece. Obviously, wasn't thinking about Yahweh, you know, the the Hebrew God when he wrote his stuff. But Paul uh, takes it and grabs the idea that he thinks, like, hey, you know what, this lines up to what well, we know is true, and then he applies it and, and and uses it to to help his his cause. So there is some biblical yeah. precedence for it
1: i i think so and also um oh man i forgot what I was going to say
0: <laughs> those are the best comments some people would say that <laughs> um well it wasn't that important but it's super frustrating i hope you i hope you remember maybe by oh, next yeah. episode you remember
1: Oh that was, No, I want to. I was. I wouldn't remember. We Dude, s- you're gonna wake gonna, up like a the tonight. Okay, middle no, no, I know. I know okay. what I'm gonna say. I know what I'm gonna say now. Okay, um, you know how we, you and I are, are pastors, at least associate pastors. Yes. When we uh, preach, we often quote not only you know, uh, in our case, the Bible or G. White or any Christian philosophers, but we Dude, also. Dude, I don't know what you're talking well, about.
0: I'm just kidding. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> okay,
1: <laughs> so you, we often will qu- put quotes in from historical figures, from mm-hmm. like non-Christian philosophers, uh, but we use those quotes to kind of engage with scripture.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And I, th- I think most people don't really think of film as a medium to share deep philosophy or thought. But the truth is, is that. The philosophy and the ideas shared in movies are the ones that people are most exposed to,
0: and it's the narratives that shape our thoughts too, man. Just exactly. like it's, it's a Arrival is a very meta film because mm-hmm. again, with the whole screen thing, right? Like it's just telling you that Louise, by spending time in front of the screen with the aliens, is being transformed herself, and in some way, that's what's happening when we sit in front of a TV screen our, or a theater screen. We're influenced by what we see up there. And, and it's nice exactly. to think, like, oh, mm-hmm. this, this doesn't affect me at all. Clearly it does. And, and it's funny because this movie presents that in a roundabout way. Uh,
1: you know, everyone is entitled to their own opinion. Um, our, all art our, is subjective. At least that's the common theory right now. So, you know, uh, we encourage all our listeners to judge the film by themselves, what they get out of it. But then so maybe you guys see something that we don't, and we want to hear your opinions. Mm-hmm
0: yeah and it's amazing because like there's some things that dido noticed with the whole apostles thing and the mission i didn't even think about that when i was watching the movie um it's just always there's things from different minds that catch different things so let us know your thoughts on arrival and we uh love to get more perspectives on it dido yeah definitely. now we need to uh, come up with a decision here man because we need to figure out what's going to be your next genre that we're going to tackle we have not talked about this before so this is happening live right now on air What genre should we tackle next, man?
1: Well, this is not going to be live by the
0: time you listen to it. Okay, you know what? (laughs) Fine. It's live right now, so it won't be live when you get it.
1: Okay. Okay, Josias. You know what I I thought? Um, Biblical genre.
0: The biblical genre? Okay. Yeah. All right. I got to admit, I'm not a big fan of biblical movies because they always frustrate me. But let's do it. I'm I'm down for that. Okay. But now you know, listener, even though it's not live, we're going to be tackling the biblical genre next. And so um let us know what your be- uh, favorite biblical movies are and uh yeah, let's tackle them.
1: Yeah, you got if you send in suggestions, we might you might send in something that is way cooler than what we are thinking Probably. of right now. Yep yeah so please let us know uh, please follow us on Facebook on Twitter mm-hmm. and you know shoot us up at an email at cinematheology at gmail.com mm-hmm. what is our Twitter
0: our handle us? is at cinematheo in Twitter apparently at cinematheology was already taken we did not want at cinematheology1 and so it's at cinematheo and you can find us there
1: All right, and on Facebook we are Cinema Theology. Just look for us in the search tab, and uh, we're going to be logging off. So see you guys next time. All right, we're out. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.